Today, May 21st, 2021, marks six months that my refrigerator has been unplugged. November 22nd of last year, I unplugged it. I expected I could make it through the winter without much trouble because I'd done that the year before. It turns out as the weather got warmer, I thought it was going to get harder. It did get harder. I thought it was going to get impossible because winter vegetables don't need as much refrigeration. Beets, parsnips, sweet potatoes, rutabagas. Uh, the green leafy stuff needs more refrigeration and the weather's warmer. So the vegetables need more refrigeration and the air is hotter. But as I get one month four, month five, I kept thinking a little bit longer. Maybe I'll make six months. And I really didn't think I would make it. And I did. People keep asking me why. I'm going to tell you the two reasons that I started, which I did episodes on before, but also what's come from it. I want to start by talking about when I renovated my apartment a couple of years ago, my mom said, Josh, you got a small fridge. You love food. Get a big fridge. I love food. And it's led to the opposite of using the fridge less. Well, not at all. And last year during the pandemic, I went and stayed at my mom and stepfather's house. They got this giant fridge, super big. They're just two people. They eat a lot less than I do. And their fridge is like packed. There's certainly a lot of doof, stuff that I wouldn't eat. There's also a lot of stuff in there that just store for a long, long time. Why not just eat it? Anyway, I don't understand. I've kind of lost touch with, I guess, mainstream American food practices, refrigerator practices. There was an article a little while ago, I think in the New York Times, that talked about how Americans have two, often three fridges. When I say I'm out of touch with mainstream American practices, they spend more money, clearly more time, for food that's less healthy, less flavorful. And as far as I can tell, they think it's the opposite. They think that they're spending less and spending less time, but they're spending more money. And I checked, and I did a post on that if you want to look at my blog, that I spend less money than the average American, despite not having economies of scale, just being by myself. So they spend more money on less healthy stuff that takes longer to prepare. I don't get it. All right, what did it start from? The original story was an article I read in Low Tech Magazine. It's a magazine online about a guy who loves technology, specifically how we used to do things. You know, for 200,000 years, humans were humans and we didn't have refrigerators. Up until a century ago, we didn't have fridges and people ate. Anyway, this article was about how it profiled Vietnam. Actually, it's a hotter, more humid place than here. And they ferment much more than they refrigerate. I thought, I wonder if I can do that. And you know my challenge of going without food packaging for a week that's led to all of my sustainability leadership. So I was wondering, could I do this? And I just walked over and unplugged the fridge and then figured out I knew not to try to plan it first. I went over and just unplugged it knowing once the stuff is starting to thaw out in the freezer and the stuff in the fridge is going to go bad, I got to solve it. That's how to solve a problem is face the problem and then figure it out. You know, not every problem, but that's definitely, you know, I'm not going to die if I unplug the fridge. So that's a problem I could solve that way. Turns out I learned how to ferment. I learned how to, this winter I've been sprouting beans a lot more to get greens in the middle of the winter. That all came from this. I've increasing my relationship with food or, or heightening my relationship with food as a result of this, not decreasing it. This has given me more food, more, not more food, more of a deeper relationship with food. I had no idea that I would love it so much. Okay, the other article was on power grids and resilience and power safety. We in the United States don't tolerate power going down. Most of the world, the power goes down periodically. It'll go out for a day, something like that. Here, if it goes down in, I mean, there are some places, in, if you're in a hurricane zone or, I don't know, other places, not Manhattan. Manhattan, if the power goes down, people remember it for decades when it went down. The, another way of looking at this is like we're spoiled rotten. We're super entitled that we've let our technology make us more dependent, more needy, less independent, less resilient. 
So this was an exercise in resilience. If you have 99% uptime and you want to go to 99.9% uptime, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's something like a 50% increase. I mean, it's a huge increase in the costs of your grid. That money's going to government and taxes and utility companies. It's not making our lives better. It also means that we can't use intermittent power so much like wind and solar because the sun doesn't always shine, the wind doesn't always blow. If we want intermittent power supplies and we never want the power to go down, that means we need peaker plants, we need nuclear, and these things are tremendously expensive and tremendously polluting. The other way of looking at it is if you go from 99% uptime to 98 or 95% uptime, suddenly the costs drop precipitously and we can start using much more renewables. We don't need the peaker plants the power grid becomes much less susceptible to things like terrorism or what happened over the winter in Texas. What's forcing the power to be like that is not some basic human need. It's every time that it's gone up before. Okay, we used to have brownouts. I think the first time I was reading about this, the first time the U.S. had some brownouts because of air conditioning was maybe in the 50s, 60s. Our power supply now is way higher than it was then, but we still have brownouts because as soon as we increase the supply, we don't say, great, now we can do with this greater supply. We then increase our demand by using more appliances and so forth. That's a choice that we have made that's tremendously expensive, tremendously polluting, and making us tremendously entitled, needy, spoiled, dependent, unresilient, not happier. That was the experiment, was could I live as humans have for hundreds of thousands of years, how they do in other countries with less refrigeration, more fermentation, and other ways of keeping things fresh, shopping more often. By the way, this would be a lot easier if it wasn't just me by myself. Because when I cook something, if I make five meals, that's several days something has to stay, well, it could be in a fridge, or if I keep it here, it'll go bad pretty quickly. If I'm cooking for two, that's half the amount of time that the stuff has to stay fresh. So this is a lot harder when it's just one person. There's no economies of scale. There's no, stuff lingers for a lot longer for me to finish eating. I was talking to a friend, by the way, about food I think used to taste better than it does today. Certainly supermarket, we were talking about how supermarket vegetables, especially tomatoes, have no flavor. I used to hear people saying that, and I was like, what's the difference? I didn't think much of it. Now that I get really good stuff, not more expensive, just going closer, and especially bought in season. So I don't get tomatoes year round, but when I get them, they're cheaper because they're so plentiful. So buying in season is a big piece of this. Here's what we hit on. Heirloom tomatoes used to be tomatoes. We have to go out of our way to get special heirloom tomatoes, but they were just normal tomatoes back then. I think living in Manhattan, I used to think if I'm not getting food from restaurants, I'm not getting the best food. It must be so great. On the contrary, it's all salt, sugar, fat is the main pleasure plus convenience. I think before vegetables probably tasted much better than they do now. I don't know how we could figure out if that was the case or not, but I think that we've bred out flavor and I don't think vegetables and fruit taste as good as they used to. I don't know if there's any way to test it, but I remember seeing scenes in movies like a Western, they're out on the prairie and is just sitting there eating their beans at the end of the day. I thought it must be really bland, but now I'm thinking, I bet it tasted really good. They'd have herbs and stuff that was growing around naturally. I would guess that well, they would eat meat, so they'd probably have like freshly slaughtered meat that was grass-fed. And so I think I'm going back to better-tasting food. Every time that I do one of these experiments to try something, people call me extreme all the time. I'm living extremely fun. I'm living extremely delicious. Also, I've come to expect that every time I do this, I connect more with people. People love talking about this. People love talking about their experiences with food and how they went camping and things like that. So I'm getting to connect on 
It's really fun. I also never know where it's going to lead until I do it. In this case, it's led in an amazing direction. You might have read on my blog that my last electric bill, all right, so Con Ed, when they send a bill, there's a $20 roughly fixed fee that is, as long as I'm connected, I got to pay that. That's fixed. Separate from that is what I pay each month for the amount of power that I use. Last month, $1.40 for one month of electricity. The month before that, $1.70. The month before that, $1.70. With that little amount of power, I'm getting pretty close to wondering if I can go off grid for electrical power. That led me to research onto Craigslist. I go on there and I just type in solar. And I didn't really know how solar worked. I mean, if you want to install it on your home, you pay someone to put it up there. As a physicist, I know the difference between kilowatts and kilowatt hours and so forth, but I didn't really translate that into practical use. And this forced me to. So they have these solar panels that are designed to go, if you want to go camping, they attach to a battery and then the battery you can power phones and computers off of. Someone was selling one used, not cheap, but you know, cheaper, two thirds the price. My next experiment is to see if I can run the pressure cooker off that battery. If so, the next step would be to get the solar panels, connect them and see how long it takes to charge the battery enough that I can cook my famous no packaging vegan stews from the battery, in which case maybe next year or this year later in the fall, when I disconnect my fridge again, maybe I can go off grid in the middle of Manhattan. Isn't that crazy? I might be able to go off grid in the middle of Manhattan. As business people know, if you want to be profitable, it's not just raising the top line. You also have to lower your costs. If you want to be sustainable, it's not just producing more power. The whole world seems to be all about how can we produce more and more and more green power? Okay. Also, how do we use less power? If you don't need as much power, it gets much, much easier. Turning off the fridge, that was my last thing that was, had to be on all the time. So maybe I'll get to go off grid. That could be really fun. I want to give another reason why I'm doing this. Why does LeBron James practice free throws before playing a game? He's practiced his free throws before. He knows how to do it. Why does he practice? Because if you want to become world-class at something, you have to practice the basics. You practice the basics over and over. What did they do before Wimbledon? They practice the ground strokes. What do they do before playing Carnegie Hall? They play scales. They play the instrument. They play simple pieces. And I am practicing how to live sustainably, how to lead others to live sustainably too. I'm not trying to lead by example, but I am trying to be a role model and to show people it can be done. We don't have to live with the maximum amount of power all the time. People who have not tried to live sustainably don't know what they're talking about when they tell others what to do. They simply don't know what it means. If you want to get strong and your way of doing it is going to go to the gym, if you think I'm just going to go lift weights, that's not all there is to it. Only by doing it do you realize it's not just lifting the weights. Certainly there's the mental aspect of it, of motivating yourself to do it. There's what do you do if you get injured? What do you do when your friends tell you, oh, you won't be able to do it? What do you do when you're tired? What do you do when you don't feel like doing it? What do you do when you get injured? What do you do when other things come up? This kind of thing is, that's what it really takes. Living sustainably is not a matter of just using less power. It's how do you get by when it's difficult? Learning to play piano, for example, is not just putting your fingers on the keyboard. It's what do you do when your neighbors get annoyed that it's too loud? What do you do when someone wants you to do something and you have to travel or whatever? You can't do it. You got to do it. There's all sorts of things that go into making a lifestyle. Living sustainably is really a lifestyle. Also, only by doing it can you gain credibility. People who tell others to do what they themselves are not doing or often doing the opposite, no one listens to them. Or rather, they look for their flaws to pick on them 
rather than look for their flaws to support them. Tomorrow begins month seven. I'm going out of town to speak at an event, so I won't have to turn it on tomorrow. So I'll get a couple days into the seventh month before I plug it back in again. I'm pretty sure I'll plug it back in. It feels kind of funny. Do I really need to plug it back in? Do I want to plug it back in? I think I will. It's going to feel funny to do it, unnecessary. Last year, it was November 22nd when I unplugged it. So this year, probably, I'm thinking maybe October 15th, depending on how hot it is. So next fall, winter, spring, I expect to go seven, eight months, maybe more, not sure. It's really fun, unexpected, joyful, delicious, saving money, polluting less, fun.